Many cultural Christians desire God without his provision, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, no recognition of sin. Many cultural Christians desire Christ without his church, meaning no recognition of the body. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. No, you don't. Jesus said he was going to establish the church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. That's what Jesus said. I'm Terry Knight, and the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on and tuning us in. And I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. Let me remind you that we're counting down and remind you that after nearly 30, 35 years of on-air ministry, I'm going to be retiring uh, this coming April and New Life has made the decision that they are not going to continue on with the uh, television ministry at this particular time. So we're going to wrap things up December 31st. We've got a couple more programs, a couple of more opportunities for me to be with you. And I just appreciate so much the partnership with those that have helped us uh, get here. I'm so thankful for each and every one that has said to us over the years, hey, we listen to your program, we appreciate what you do, and I am especially thankful for those of you that pray for us. It's easy to watch a television program, easier in comparison with actually praying for those that are putting forth the effort to, to make it happen. But we thank you for the partnership. Now, in the, uh, in the coming days, we will continue with our live stream uh, edition of New Life. And uh, there's contact information there on the screen that tells you how you, how you might uh, locate that, how you might be able to continue uh, to listen in. Uh, we look forward to introducing my successor here over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, New Life has settled upon the guy that's going to come in, the couple actually, that will continue a very strong ministry that has been established here in uh, the community. And I'm excited about what God is going to do in the coming days. We'll try to tell you some more, uh, give you some more pertinent details, some more specific details about that in the next couple of programs. Tonight, we're going to try to wrap up a teaching we began last week. It talks about the separation of power. Now listen, something that is taking place, something that's transpiring in and around the church world today is that we're being inundated with, watch this, cultural Christians as opposed to biblical Christians or Bible-centered followers of Jesus. This message deals with that just a little bit, and I trust you know by now that I'm an advocate for biblical Christianity, not so much cultural Christianity. Our text passage is found in John chapter 16, but I want to read an additional scripture for you that we'll be getting into here very shortly. It's found in the Old Testament book of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6. The record puts it this way, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, 
not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. My Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray that by your word you would speak to the hearts of men and women and boys and girls, and we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. Uh, keep your Bibles handy. Follow along with us, and the Lord willing, we'll be back here to wrap things up momentarily. Our all, our all, my all. You may want to put my or even put your name in the blank there. <coughs> our all isn't enough. Even when we turn our sins over to the cross of Christ, we soon discover that we all need much more to get us through our, our frequent human failures this week flesh, if you please, than just expressing some words that sound like, I believe, as we drown in our weaknesses and faults and shortcomings. Beloved, let me ask you this morning, who among us hasn't purposed to walk in obedience? And we meant it. We were sincere about it. We were going to walk in obedience only to discover that we do not have the wherewithal within our with, in of, of ourselves to do exactly that. We do not have the wisdom. We do not have the energy to navigate this spiritual life, lifestyle of holiness that we've been called to. We set about with as much zeal as one can muster, but soon realize that even our all isn't enough. Then, from time to time, you can look around the body of Christ. You can look around the church house, and often we can observe someone. Everyone say someone. We can observe that someone that may appear, listen, hear me out, they may appear less qualified than we are. They may appear to be a weaker brother or sister than we are. And yet they emerge from what appears as impossible challenges in life with victory. How do they do that? Would you like to know the answer to that? Because I'd love to tell you. Here it is. It's very simple. It's not complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. That one has discovered and put into motion a power. Please say power. They have put into motion a power greater than their own human effort. How many of you know the least amount of the manifestation of God's power from heaven is greater than any amount of human ingenuity, human energy, or human effort that we might put forth. Isn't that true? And that, I'm not saying that in a condescending way. I'm in the same boat you are. It's true. Number six on your study notes. These ones have learned something. You can be one of these ones. They have learned how to release Release the supernatural power of Holy Spirit to work in and through them. You've witnessed this illustration before. Can somebody tell me what this is? It's a bottle of water. A bottle of water. Boy, I sure did need some. My throat's getting scratchy, and I feel so much better now that I picked up this bottle of water. 
art thou withest me? Hmm? What do I have to do to, to have my tonsils say, thank you? Pop the top off. Now, I was always taught when I was growing up that you don't drink stuff in church. And now here I am, the preacher, up here drinking stuff in church. Take this, Dad. I'm just kidding. I feel better already, don't you? Don't you feel better now that I've had a drink of water? So many people know about Holy Spirit and they protect Holy Spirit, but they have not yet learned how to release Holy Spirit so that He can do His work in their life and through them to other people. There's got to be a, a profound illustration in that somewhere. If you don't listen to the preacher, he might throw a bottle of water at you. Can I get an amen right there? Are you with me? You still with me? One of the things that happens when you turn 66 is you drop every dead gum thing you pick up. Can I get a testimony right there? Where did I get to? It's not often that you get to preach and have a baptismal at the same time. <laughs> I want you to note again with me John 16. I'm wrapping up with this. We're going to draw this to a conclusion. John 16 and 8 says this. John is trying to help us understand how this whole release of Holy Spirit works. And I'm going to try to help you as well. That verse tells us when He comes, there it is, He again. When He comes, Holy Spirit comes, He will convict. What will He do, church? When's the last time you heard that word? If you've been paying attention, you hear it a lot at New Life. The word convict or conviction is the way we voice it most of the time. He will convict or convince the world, and that's all that means. But let me take you back to the original language, and the word is elinko. And it means this. It means reprove, rebuke, discipline. Let me do that again. A lot of people in our modern world do not like this, but I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to try to help you understand the Word of God and how your life can change. That word means reprove, rebuke, and discipline. Probably three of your favorite words. Don't you just love to be reproved? Don't you just love it when somebody rebukes you? Don't you just love it when you endure some discipline? It also means to expose guilt or, in particular, sin guilt. Listen to this. The first task of Holy Spirit, in particular among unsaved, unconverted people, is to expose any sin in our heart and life. In other words, show us that we are indeed guilty. How many of you know that there are throngs of people outside the sound of my voice this morning and perhaps some even here who have no idea why they're not going to be able to go to heaven. They don't realize why it is that they're guilty. You're guilty because you come into this world with a sin problem and you cannot take that sin to heaven. Will not happen. 
That's not because Terry said it wasn't going to happen or you're not doing like I think you ought to do. It's because God is holy and righteous. Someone reminded me this week that God not only loves people, which he does, but he also loves righteousness. He also loves justice. He also loves those things. He is a holy, righteous God. The first task is to show us that we are indeed guilty and in need of Jesus' finished work on the cross. That's what we refer to as conviction of sin, leading one, hopefully leading one to repentance and salvation. You may get tired of hearing it. I never get tired of telling the night that I knelt at an altar in my little home church back in May of 1973 and repented of my sins, confessed my sins, Asked Jesus to come in to remove my sins and to take his rightful place in my heart by Holy Spirit. Now, a lot has grown since that time, but that happened. I repented, and I meant it, and my life changed. So what I'm saying to you that you need to do is not anything that I haven't already did or needed to do of necessity in order to be able to entertain heaven at some point in time. Now, listen, here's also a key with regards to Holy Spirit in the everyday life of the born again. Here's where most people become cultural Christians and unsaved Christians and do not get it right here in Henry County, Virginia. Please hear me out. Beloved, Holy Spirit's second task is to discipline us, to discipline the born again, not to just say, hey, I joined some church somewhere. Hey, I was baptized when I was four years old. Hey, I've got a piece of paper to prove it. Or somebody thinks I'm a swell guy. But the Holy Spirit helps us, disciplines us to walk in the Spirit, a lifestyle of holiness. Are you with me? You still with me? Pardon the passion. I don't know of any other way to do this. That's just the way it comes out. Beloved, often that involves reproof and it involves rebuke. Wow. Let me help you understand. The first level of discipline, and those of you that have children will know exactly what I'm talking about this morning. The first level of discipline is when you are advised of a wrong. If you grew up like I did, you heard something like this every 15 seconds. Terry Knighton! You go, little man. They think, people think they're not listening. Uh, trust me. You're advised of a wrong. Now, let me try to explain some of the work of Holy Spirit in the life of the believer with this illustration. If I say to a child... Don't turn loose of my hand as we make our way across a busy parking lot. An obedient child will put the death grip on your hand. Are you with me? They will. Boy, I've had that experience not only with my own children, but now with my grandchildren. Boy, what a delight it is to have your little grandson or granddaughter grab a hold of your hand. And walk with you. Just squeeze, just squeeze. Sometimes I wonder if they even realize what they're doing. They're just melting grandpa's heart. That's what they're doing. Sometimes, everybody say sometimes. Sometimes. Even an obedient child will be distracted by something shiny and momentarily lulled away and loosen their grip. 
that's when they must be reproved. Reproved. Daddy said, or Pops said, hold my hand. You see those cars? Those cars could turn you into a little pancake. Smush! It usually works. Ask him about this after the service. He's getting, he's cool. Hey, listen. Thank you, little fella, for helping me illustrate to this entire world this morning how important it is to bring your children to church. Say amen right there. Think they don't get it? They get it. I used to tell my children quite often if they'd go running across a parking lot, they could be turned into a pancake. Now, I don't know what they told their children, but they heard it. Sometimes a momentary lull can evolve into an outright disobedient child that will have them deciding the distraction is so good that they might just risk winning, the, winning against a fast-paced moving car. That's when they must be rebuked. Are you following me in this? That's when they must be rebuked. That's when they, when they try to shake loose. You say, Daddy told you, and you broke the grip, and you're doing what I told you not to do because I'm trying to keep you from being turned into a pancake. Daddy told you, now there's going to be some repercussions. Now, I know you don't want me to go there, but Jeff and I understand that. I'm not talking about his parents. I'm talking about his children when we were growing up. Say amen right there. Can I help you understand something? It's not love to let your children grow up without discipline. That's the most hateful thing that I can imagine in my life is allowing an undisciplined child to be turned into a pancake, especially a spiritual pancake. Are you with me? God's rebuke through Holy Spirit, is always purposed to promote a response or to elicit a response of a contrite, repentant heart that returns us to full obedience to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here's a period on all this. Many cultural Christians desire God without his provision, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, no recognition of sin. Many cultural Christians desire Christ without his church, meaning no recognition of the body. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. No, you don't. Jesus said he was going to establish the church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. That's what Jesus said. What say ye? Many cultural Christians desire Holy Spirit without His power. In other words, no victory in their life. Just stumble around, keep doing the same goofy things over and over and over again, not only exercising goofy in their own life, but influencing other people, not the least of which sometimes God help us, their children, their family, their loved ones, to do goofy things and to uh, put a stamp of approval on that as though that is the way God wants us to live. It's not. One of the key indicators of a maturing, growing believer is 
Would you like to know what that is? Here it is. It's that they pray more. Let me do that again. One of the key indicators of a maturing, growing believer is they pray more. And we learned in the, uh, we were taught in the uh, prayer conference yesterday, you learn to pray better. There's levels of prayer. You are climbing, you're climbing, you're climbing. You're learning to pray not only more, but better. Also, those individuals speak more familiarly and fondly of Holy Spirit's work in their life. I love and long for when another brother or sister walks up to me and in a, a moment of accountability says, you know, I was going to do something stupid this week, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, don't do that. And I obeyed. Man, it was wonderful. And, and wouldn't you just love it if a brother or sister walked up to you and said, and I've had this happen a lot in the last few weeks, believe it or not, to say something like, well, there's something I, I'm pretty uncomfortable with. I don't want to do it. In fact, I wasn't going to do it. But the Holy Spirit began to impress on me. Yeah, this is what your Father wants. You want to please the Father? Then this is the way you need to walk. These are the steps you need to take. Wouldn't that be refreshing? as opposed to people walking up to you and talking to you about some of the goofiest, most unbiblical, most ridiculous lifestyle and saying, I prayed about it. What did you pray? Dear God, I'm going to do something stupid in Jesus' name. Amen. Help me, Lord. Sound familiar? Sovereign God, I thank you for this time together this morning. I thank you, Lord, from the bottom of my heart for the liberty and the freedom and the place to be able to preach your word. And, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that anything that reeks of Terry Knighton, that that would just be stripped from the minds of the people this morning. But I pray that your word, and we've read a lot of it today, and we've quoted a lot of it today, I pray that that word would convince each one, convict each one to take a step up and to be purposed, not only to know about you and about Jesus and about Holy Spirit, but to follow your plan and to live a lifestyle of holiness. Real quick this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. I just wonder if there's someone here this morning. You're wrestling with something. Holy Spirit's been telling you, listen, you need to let go of that thing. That thing might be a thing. That thing might be somebody. It might, might be relational. But Holy Spirit is saying to you, you need to let go of that. Anybody here, just lift your hand to confess that so that I can pray for you and pray with you this coming week. Any others? Get them up high. And put your hands down. I'm going to say I expect if most of you were really honest, there would have been more hands going up. Anybody by uplifted hand this morning say, Pastor Terry, the Lord's really dealing with me about something I should do. And I need some courage. I need some prayer. I'm almost scared of this thing. 
Will you pray for me, Pastor Terry? Anybody like that? Lord's calling me into something. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all over the place. God bless you. Yeah. There is no better place for you to be than right smack dab in the middle of where God wants you. Even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it doesn't feel all that good in the beginning. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this time together this morning. I pray for those that need help avoiding something. I pray for those that need help engaging something. Do your work by Holy Spirit, I pray and ask in Jesus' name. Lord, please give us divine appointments this week and give us boldness to pursue them. We ask in Christ's name. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. We're have been, we've been talking to you about cultural Christians versus biblical Christians. Let me read something uh, back to you that we said just moments ago as we tried to conclude this message. A cultural Christian, that would be someone that has tried to, has pretended to accept God without his provision, Jesus, his son, Jesus. Therefore, there's no recognition of sin. There are those who pretend to accept Christ or to believe in Christ without His church. Therefore, there's no recognition of the body, and that is rampant today. That also leads to those who would talk about, perhaps, Holy Spirit without actually being in receipt of His power, so there is no victory. Where are you in that? Cultural or biblical? You see, God has a plan. That plan involves His Son, Jesus, the Christ. Jesus has a plan. It was to build His church. And in order to enable the church to be about that business, He sent Holy Spirit back to dwell within, to live within, to empower each and every one. Have you been born anew of the Spirit? Have you accepted Christ's finished work on the cross? Are you in receipt of that power, that special indwelling power that comes by Holy Spirit? If not, you can be even now. How do we come to Christ? We confess our sins. We admit to God that we have sinned against Him. Watch this key element. We repent of our sins, meaning you're sorry enough about your predicament that you have purpose to follow God's way and not your own way. You repent of a lifestyle of sinfulness. You simply open up your heart's door. You will to do that as an act of the will, and you receive the work that God has put forth through His Son or by His Son, Jesus. Once that happens, you begin to live a lifestyle of holiness, walking after the things of God, which are discovered and clearly put forth within the Bible, the Word of God. My encouragement to you is to find God's purpose and plan for your life and to know for certainty that you are in His will. Father God, I thank you for each one listening in, and I pray right now in the name of Jesus that by your word you would convince them of their need for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, beloved, I have to get out of here before I do. I want to remind you that we do have a regular schedule of activities Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Something for nearly every member of the family, and I trust that just might include 
you. Terry Knight and pastor of New Life Community Church wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?